morning good morning good morning the boss babe coaches have got together again and we're here to have another chat about uh, today we're doing relationships again we're kind of going back to where we started and it should be so much fun we'll see I always love these because I never know exactly what's gonna come out (laughs) (laughs) yep definitely valid Kat's put together a list of some questions that uh, have been posed and so we're gonna have some discussion about those things yeah, and um, these questions are pretty, I want to say they're kind of hardcore. They're they're a little, they might be a little sensitive, and I was telling the girls how I could reframe it, but I'm like, I should just read it raw because there's a lot of feelings in these questions. Yes. Um, so the, the audience that I get a lot, you know, coming from the podcast is like women, single moms, wives, you know, um, all types of women from all walks of life. But the first one, it is... Ooh, it's about talking about the ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse situation. If you have kids with a previous, um, how to get over the idea of your boyfriend, girlfriend, or spouse (laughs) that had kids with a previous, and now in this relationship, you feel like you're in second place. Do you confront it, leave it, or just deal with it? So feeling like you're in second place as the second wife. The second to, you know, to the kids, like to the kids or uh, to the to the spouse. So like, okay. um, yeah, as a as a woman or wife, I feel like because he's had kids with a previous, I st- I'm starting to feel second place because mm-hmm. that he has an ex wife, ex spouse, um, and kids with the first also. Yeah, I mean, I would think the first thing that maybe needs to happen is examine where that feeling is coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, is it coming from external aspects of the situation and the way things are being handled? Or is it just something that is just coming from inside you that might be based on some kind of insecurity or fear or just being new, stepping into the situation and not being sure how to deal with it? I think you kind of need to get curious about that first. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, and in a lot of cases, you know, when families split up and ex-spouses hate each other and they want to use kids as a weapon and they want to punish the other person and whoever the new girlfriend is too, you know, that kind of stuff happens a lot. And spouses can be vindictive. Like I said, they use the kids as weapons. They want to make everything as hard and inconvenient as possible. And if something like that is going on or being allowed to go on, obviously, you know, we need to have some kind of discussion about Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I just, yeah, I feel like I hear that situation more often than not. And it's very heartbreaking because it's, it's at the kid's expense, you know, it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> so there's a better way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have this experience. I've not mm-hmm. coupled with somebody who, well, I mean, I've coupled with people who have kids you know of their own but we've never gotten to the point yet where it's like we're living together maybe and I'm experiencing like what is life like with you know his kids and my kids and um what's that dynamic like and um so I can't really like I don't have a lot of wisdom I guess in that respect but I do love the question you asked Noelle um but I have heard of that too I have heard of people feeling like 
they don't have a say in like what happens with their spouse's kids um, or their partner's kids. And it's very awkward and they do feel second place or put down even. Um, and I think it's just kind of, it, the way I would think about it is it would have to be like a discussion and a choice, like a, a choice on your partner's part, like how they are coming into this. I would almost stress having that conversation before moving in with somebody, if that's kind of the situation too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really, it's a good point about bringing up the fact of like the other person feeling like they don't have a say in it, mm -hmm. you know, the way I kind of looked at it. And even like in the past when Alex and I were talking about that stuff before, you know, I sort of, he was afraid that he might find himself in that position, you know, because he, if he was going to step into the role of a stepfather, he was saying, you know, he wants to be involved. He wants to make decisions. He wants to be able to mold and shape these little humans into great people and yeah. doesn't want to just be a bystander. Right. And I, well, if we get to the point to where we get married and we are doing that, we are going to be a family and we are going to do this stuff together. And then obviously, and if that's your goal, then you definitely need to visit a lot of different questions about parenting philosophy and what you think is best and all of that, just to make sure it's compatible. So you're not just like crashing at odds with each other, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think that's definitely a big factor with people stepping into a situation like that. You know, what level of involvement can they have? Are they going to be shut out? You know, it's a hard position, tough role to walk into. It is. Yeah. I feel the pain of this girl's or I'm assuming girl's question. Um, she's because she says, do you confront this, leave or just deal with it? And yeah, that's I feel I feel her like heartache in that question. You know, you can tell that she's feeling small. That's, that's not a nice place to feel. Yeah. Definitely. I agree with you guys on that. Um, it's the inner work and then having that hard conversation is so important, especially with your current partner. Um, especially if you're going to have a family together, have those conversations from the get-go. Um, and that can be really hard. So yeah, it just goes back again to what's happening. How are you feeling? Um, why are you feeling this way? And if you need a safe space to talk to someone and goes into the whole therapy thing, you know, or, or maybe it's coaching, um, yeah. you know, couples coaching, yeah. but yeah, that is a tough spot because in my last relationship, I went in also where he had also a previous and a kid. And it was really hard to feel like, where do I fall into this? Like, how do you blend us? And I will say like, now being on the other side where he was, it's like, you want to make sure you really try to blend your kids. You're, you're with your last situation, your, your kids and your current spouse or current partner help blend them together. Like really try and be active and make them feel comfortable, which in my last relationship, he did not. It was like, it felt very separate and it felt like that's why it was so harder for me to connect with his kid at the beginning. Right. So like to um, be aware of just each, person's role in that relationship. Um, but now, you know, currently, and my current partner that I don't talk about much, super private, but he's amazing. And, you know, we have those conversations. It's so important. And he very much puts my daughter first, you know, which is so important. And I really appreciate that. But the initial conversations like this, it's really hard, you know, but, but now like, I'm glad that because I was where he was, I can actually express better and communicate better 
in the system. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it so funny? It's like communication is probably the number one thing that we all need to do better at. But I think gender roles, if we get into that for a second, like stereotypically, women have been, you know, kind of like, you know, the scene and not like we are the supportive spouse, we are or partner, we are the quiet ones, we deal with it. We never talk about stuff. We just deal with the shit, you know? And I think that those messages from stereotypes, just a long history of women being second rate, it's harder, I think it's extra hard to, to embark on those conversations. And then I think it's awkward probably for, let's say the male role in that relationship because they're used to not being questioned. And so it can cause like this tension. Um, and I don't know. So it's like, I think that's kind of where the difficulty comes from. But um, every time I've had an issue where I felt insecure or um, just like you guys were with me the day I had my negative spiral about my relationship, I was going in the deep end and couldn't pull out. I was like, help, help. <laughs> come back to earth. Um, and really what solved the whole thing was just talking to him about it and being vulnerable um, and being willing to have that conversation regardless of knowing what the outcome was going to be, whether he was going to, you know, um, hear me and accept what I was saying and treat me kindly in that moment and listen, or if he was going to just dismiss my feelings, you know, and that's very telling too. So in my case, he was so open and receptive and was just like, oh my gosh, like, I wish you had just told me. And I was like, yeah, I wish I did too. If I had just started the day, I wouldn't have wasted 24 hours in this <laughs> headspace. <laughs> Isn't it such a wonderful thing and such a gift to be able to say that to him and him to be like, yeah, don't worry about that at all. And then you realize, okay, that was completely in my head. It's, yes. you know, not anything real that I need to worry about. And, you know, and yeah. And that goes back to your first suggest, Noel, about like, look inside and figure out where is this feeling coming from? Because I know you talked about it. And when you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I do it all the time where I create something that uh, is not true. I've created this thing that's happened that doesn't exist because I'm just extrapolating based on worst case scenario. And then it becomes a truth in my head. Mm -hmm. And then like, yeah, it's like, then finally having the conversation, it takes the wind and the power out of that right. weird spot. And I'm like, oh, whoops, I need to stop doing that. <laughs> it just takes the power away from it so quickly and isn't it interesting though how our minds just hook on to these little external things and we're like oh my god because of that it means all of this you know and then we create this narrative in our own minds based on our experience of fears and insecurity yeah. it really isn't based on anything out there but we just take these little like nuggets of information things and think, oh god it means this you know we make our own meaning and that's why it's so important to put it out there to somebody else so they can be like Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's our trauma, right? Our past yeah. history just showing up and all that. Um, horrible about that. Yeah. Me too. I'm getting better. That's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why like I stop and I'm like, why do I think this? Where is this coming from? How have I constructed this? I mean, and it doesn't always work, but I'm trying to right. be better about it just to be able to have that awareness, just to stop and be like, all right, let's not. Yeah. It's hard. 
And I think it's a practice too. And well, I would say to this person who's asked the question too, like, what's, what does she want out of this relationship? Her ideal uh, future with this person. Does she see it working out? Is she happy? Like, is, is it worth, is it worth fighting for with this person to say, Hey, I really value you and want to do this with you, but I want to feel like we're partners in this and I'm not the second rate person. Um, or is she like, just, it, or she just feels safe and does leaves that she'll not find somebody else. Cause I know that was a big thing for me. And um, when I got divorced, like, is anybody going to want me? Um, and so I would kind of figure out what does she want first? What's, what's in her heart. And if it's worth fighting for, then have that conversation and, and do it when you're not triggered, do it in a moment of calm. When you can say, hey, you know, I just love you so much. I love your kids. I love this family. Um, but, I, you know, I'm feeling a little insecure on these things. Could I talk to you about that? Would that be okay? Um, and, you know, like get the permission. And I mean, it, you know, it just, it's always nice when you ask like, hey, can I talk to you about that? I think we learned that in coaching school. Like, right. is this a safe space for me to go there with you right now? And they can say, yeah, or maybe later, you know, whatever that looks like, so. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I love this because there's a lot of, this reminds me actually of our, I would say this falls into our case of the exes episode. There's a lot of like ex question, yeah. you know, new single mom or dealing. So the next one, it says, do you meet your ex's new partner? And <laughs> what would you hope for them moving forward and to be more aware of? <laughs> I, I would say there's no reason to meet your ex's new partner unless unless there are kids involved and unless it's a healthy situation I guess I mean just in the sense that you know on one hand it would be good to meet just because of the fact that all right we're all in this together we're raising these kids it'd be great if we could all get along and be on the same page but if it's a toxic situation where the ex and you know his new girlfriend or whatever are behaving in a toxic fashion or they don't want to do things constructively. Um, and in that case, I don't know that it would serve much purpose. Mm. I can tell you, so my ex and I, like we're probably the most amicable. I don't know. I, I'm so thankful. Actually, he, I asked him to come on the show and we could talk about our experience. So he's willing to do that, which is awesome at some point. But um, when he, so about a year out of our divorce, he met somebody, told me about it, about six, like we had something written on our documentation. It was about like three to six months um, is when it might be appropriate to introduce the kids. Like we put a time frame in because we want to make sure we're protecting the kids and not just having like a revolving door of boyfriends or girlfriends coming in meeting them and like that was something we felt protective of collectively collaboratively that we didn't want to want to put our kids through so um when it was serious with his now wife uh he told me he and he asked like we had this it was a it was a hard conversation for me because i it wasn't like i wanted to get back with him it was just this new dynamic of a woman, another woman in their lives that really, I was like not prepared for. <laughs> so I cried about it with him on the phone as he's telling me, and I was like, no, I mean, I'm happy for you, but I'm also like, no. um, so, but he asked, he's like, what questions do you have for me? And we had a very long 
open dialogue about like, and I even met with him at one point at a coffee shop to be like, here are my other, like I had written a list and he was like, oh my God, <laughs> but he didn't want to forget anything. So it's very productive. And I felt really good about who she was at the end. And he's like, do you want to meet her? She's totally willing to. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't feel like we're there yet. I said, if you guys are getting more serious and are thinking marriage, then yes, we should we should at that point, but it was enough for me to know that she's safe around my kids from his, like I trusted him and what he told me that I didn't need to meet her just yet. So, but when they did get engaged, we were like, we probably should be. And it was an, another very good productive conversation. And since then they've been married and we, we go to like my kids baseball games and we're all there together and we're very cordial. And um, I, I try to be friendly. I know it's probably hard for her too to to it awkward you know to you know she met my mom my mom was in town and mm-hmm. like I was I, that's when I was like I can't do this yeah luckily my ex was like hey Rachel's mom this is so and I was like okay good because I'm not I'm not doing the introduction that was a little beyond my capability in the moment <laughs> but yeah so we kind of we kind of took our time with all of that. But I will say with my current boyfriend, I have never introduced kids to any of my boyfriends. It has been about three and a half years since the, my divorce. And even in my last serious relationship, I, we got close. Mm-hmm. I, I, thankfully I didn't after, and I was like, that's what I wanted to avoid. But there's also a sense of knowing you get, because with my current boyfriend, it's not been three months yet. And I had a conversation with my ex and asked, I was like, Hey, I think, I think I want to introduce the kids. What are your feelings on that? And he was like, I trust you. He's like, I know our documentation says what it says, but I trust your judgment. And so I have, and, um, but my ex has not met him yet. So we'll Mm -hmm. see as we go, what, what happens with all of that. But um, I think there is a knowing inside of like timing that you can trust for yourself too. Sorry, I talked a lot. <laughs> no, no, but I, it's great for people to hear that because, you know, you guys, the way you handle everything with your situation, I mean, to me seems like the ideal. I mean, that's the model that all people would follow if they were able to, you know, you guys don't have these big emotions getting in the way, you know, you have your heads on straight. I mean, you're handling it in a way that's so healthy for the kids and for you guys too. You know, I mean, like my situation kind of like yours, everything is amicable, but my ex definitely does not want to meet anybody um, right. because he's still, he didn't want the divorce to happen and he's still not over it, you know, yeah. over two years and he's still not over it. And so he just kind of, you know, like he supports me. We communicate about the kids, like everything is good in that respect, but he is definitely not ready to really accept the fact that you know, other people have been in the situation and will be in the situation. Yeah. We just, so we just kind of leave that over there. You know, it's not like I ever hid anything from him. You know, I talked right. to him about it, but he okay. wasn't for that. Yeah. And that just sounds like a healthy boundary. Yeah. Like, you know, what he can handle and what he can't. And that's good. Yeah. I love it because I'm like, I, I get really happy when we have these conversations because we each are coming from totally different scenarios and situations, which reaches like a lot of our audience in different ways. And, you know, I, I love hearing about, you know, all of it. And like Rachel, what you're saying, like, if your ex could come at, 
on our show and talk about like what a healthy co-parenting situation would look like, we would love that because, you know, as you guys know, I'm not in that space with my, my ex. Um, it's very raw. It's only been a year and a half and we're still, we're still in the trenches, you know, and, and he has of course a new significant other. And I've been, I've tried, like, I've tried to be nice. I've tried to say, Hey, yeah, I would love to meet her. And when he told me about her, like, um, he wasn't very upfront about it. He wasn't like, Oh yeah, I would love for you to meet her. And it would be great, you know, for our daughter. It wasn't even like that. Again, that's where he needs to grow in his own ways is how to like open up, like say, Hey, I would love to introduce, you know, her to my daughter and like, let's talk about it. I would have loved that situation, but we didn't have that. Um, I think I went forward and said, Hey, that is awesome. I'm really happy for you. Honestly, I've always wanted you to just be happy. I want, you know, my daughter's dad to be happy. And that's really what matters is that she has two parents that are happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've even tried to say, Hey, like, like I could even, you know, when you guys come down and visit like you and your, your current girlfriend, I can come over and bring like breakfast for you guys. You know, like I've tried openly to do all that. Did it go to that? You know, did it go that way? No, (laughs) you know, totally, um, did not go that way at all. You know, because again, I'm, I'm also dealing with a person who has a lot of like inner growth to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So man, I would love to hear more examples of really healthy co-parenting situations. You know, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I hope we can offer some, some, I'd be really interested. My, my my ex-husband is, um, he's really good with words. (laughs) He always made fun of me for how I uh, told stories because I'm like, (laughs) he knows how to tell a good little so he's good with words and I think he'll he'll offer some I'm really curious about like his perspective from the guy side you know yeah um yeah I do think I do think that would be interesting yeah that'd be great um so and then there's another question it's like what advice would you give so so if you've had those toxic situations with exes or anyone you've dated, um, what advice would you give to the the people that are currently dating them or planning to date them? <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that, but <laughs> I don't know. So is this a situation where like somebody uh so like your ex let's say that so the example scenario would be that your ex is partnered with somebody who is now involved with your kids and so you're seeing them and feel like you need to offer some yeah yeah that's a good way of seeing it okay um I don't think it's your responsibility (laughs) I know I feel like I have a devil on my shoulder right now I know, I know what we would like to do, right? You're like, let me tell you all of these things about him and, you know, X, Y, and Z. And no, <laughs> I know that's And that, but that comes from that. And I know that too, and I get it. I get it. I'm a human too, right? But like, I think that's coming from a vindictive place where you are still angry and hurt by the person. And so you want him to not be happy. You know, you want him to not be able to move on and, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, that that's kind of, if you, oh, 
<laughs> Maybe if it's more like um, woman to woman, I would think that would be a different situation. Like woman to woman, what advice would I give you if you were about to date someone who was in any of our shoes before? We're like, you know, I just started my date. When I started dating my ex, I was getting the red flags and other people telling me, but I wasn't ready to listen. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, I agree with you, Rachel. I just, I kind of feel like it really would be none of my business to try to give them advice, you know, about that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's their path. They need to figure it out for themselves. They chose to walk down it and and Kat, I think you made a great point. You, when you're in that lovely in love space, it doesn't matter who's coming at you with red yeah. flags. Yeah, yeah. Literally, your brain cannot receive that message because it's like all the good chemicals going on. You're like, what's up? <laughs> it's fine, it's different, you know? And, and it's not until I think that kind of fades that you might be like, oh God, they were right, you know? Um, and it's just kind of a growing experience that you... We all, we all learn from like, oh, okay, next time I know to avoid that behavior or this situation or whatever. But yeah, I think we want to, I think there is probably a good place in our hearts where we want to protect other women from getting involved with somebody we know um, could potentially really screw them up, you know, or really break their heart. But I think you guys are right. It's like, it's their journey. To yeah. go down and all we can do is step back it might be different if that person was like can you give me advice about what right. to do? does this or she does this and I'm like but even then I would I would steer clear because you don't want your name mixed in when they're like well so-and-so told me <laughs> I know. and I, I do think that's another good point though I mean even if you were to go to the new girlfriend and be like, look, I just want you to know this. Even if it was coming from a genuine place, she would look at it as like, oh, well, she's just trying to mess things up between us. Jealousy, yeah. Jealousy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like it would not be well received, you know, unless it was asked for. And then, like you said, then it'll come out to the guy. Oh, she was meddling in this. And yeah, it could just be a mess. It could be. So I guess, I mean, I guess the question would be to that person who asked the question, um, where, like, where's that coming from? What, whose, whose interests do you have at heart? Is it truly the girl involved or is it that you just want this guy to suffer, you know? Yeah. It, maybe it hurts you to see him moving on to somebody else. I know women who have been in relationships where they get divorced the guy was an asshole and then he quickly remarries and is like the perfect person to this new person. And you're like, what the hell? Like, was, was it me? And it gets really, can be really in your head and it's not, it's just like, I think it's all about, we are always growing and changing at different times. And it's just, it's hard to not um, make it personal, you know, cause it is personal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that goes into the next questions. Well, in a bunch, it's like how to learn how to let yourself trust your, how do you trust yourself again? Um, and then also stop being so sensitive and caring to whatever everyone else says. <laughs> like yeah. in any of these situations. Trusting yourself again. I feel like trust, no matter who it's with, even if it's with yourself, has to be built. Yes. It's not like all of a sudden, 
you're going to come out of a bad situation and you've gained all this awareness and you know, okay, this is how I want to do things differently or whatever it is. And automatically it's just going to be the case. You know, you have to take stances, make decisions, walk into the future intentionally saying, all right, I am going to make this promise to myself and keep it. I'm going to make this promise to myself, and keep it. And you have to build that trust with yourself in the same way that you would create it with anybody else. Yeah, I think it's Brene Brown that has that little talk about like trust is literally a series of small things over time that you build. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have to find that link and I'll try to post it yeah. or something. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's hard because we feel when we feel I know that's something I'm always working on is is trusting and also my intuition, you know, because I think that goes, goes in with your trust is like that gut instinct, um, which can be confusing sometimes if you're triggered with like something bad, it feels like that gut instinct is kicking in, but it's really a trauma response versus what your mind is actually needing at that time. So I think you're right. It just takes time and living up to the things that you're going to promise yourself and taking care of yourself, making decisions, making choices that are in your best interest and loving yourself, like, like loving yourself mm-hmm. through those choices. Yeah. Truly showing up, truly showing up for yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah I could, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Rachel, it reminds me of you like doing your dancing classes, like showing that on social media that, you know, you're doing all these like cute little sexy dances and it's like, you know, to trust yourself in that way and then not care what others think because it's like how to stop being sensitive, caring to what everyone says, right? You're just showing up for yourself and trusting yourself. (laughs) I think, I think the whole like not being as sensitive what other people think and not caring about other people's opinions gets easier as we get older. <laughs> I just think yeah. it does. Because you start to have enough experiences where you're like, it doesn't matter, you know? Like it starts to really kick in, like it doesn't matter. Whereas when we're younger, we're so we're so concerned about fitting in and so concerned about like being part of the group. Like it's just, I just think it's the way like bio- biologically that we're kind of wired, you know? And all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I do think, I don't know, it comes from confidence. Yeah. Like, uh, Noel, I, I know, I think I've said this many times now is like, we coached together once and I was, and you were the one who was like, well, what new experience can you give yourself to build confidence? That's also fun, um, is a challenge, but is going to build your confidence ultimately. And that's when I was like, I want to do dance. I just, and that's when I started doing it. Um, and it's been, it is, it is helpful. I will also say, I know we are all into working out too. And I know like, I think I've said this before too, is when I started going to the gym years ago, it was because I wanted to get rid of like the mom bod. <laughs> and yeah. so I just wanted to look good in a bikini again. I wanted to feel good in my body. But what happened was I started to have to dig in deep mentally about uh, like staying in a, like I did bar a lot. So we did a lot of like static holds and it takes so much mental strength to get through those. And what I started to crave was the mental strength aspect of it more than just like how fit I was getting. It was like, I love this feeling of telling my mind what I can do. And so, yeah, so maybe part of 
not caring about what other people think and not being sensitive to other people's opinion is doing things that strengthen your mind, that show you you can, that show you you are capable. And then it doesn't, it doesn't phase you as much when other people don't get it or don't, you know, and other people's stuff is always about them. It's always about other people's insecurities that they take out on somebody else. It's really not about us. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's totally true. But it's so easy for us to feel like that it is. Oh, yeah. So easy. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not, um, I still get in that phase too. I still have bad days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Me too. Absolutely. I'm but right yeah, there's a lot to be said for the mental fortitude like you're talking about, Rachel, with that kind of thing. And also just setting those little goals in that respect, whether you're in your bar class and it's like, no, I'm going to hold this position for X amount of time. Even if my like body's shaking, I'm going to yes. do it. Yep. Or, you know, like with some of the stuff that I do, it's like, okay, no, I'm going to get in those two more reps, even though I don't want to, because I know that I need to, or I'm going to go play this hockey game, even though I'm nervous about it, you know, whatever those little goals are, if they, if you can set them, you can achieve them. You know, you are just building strength and happiness for yourself because achievement and goal setting is definitely one of the pillars of positive psychology too. Yes. Such a good question. I was like writing this because I'm like, I'm going to put this on this post. Is like, you know, you're saying Noel's question is like, what new experience can you give yourself? That is so freaking powerful. <laughs> like, as coaches, to ask someone or ask anyone, ask yourself with all these questions, it matches really well because it's like, whether you're in a relationship or not, or you're single or not, or you want to work on yourself or not. What new experience can you give yourself to gain more X, Y, Z confidence, mental, better in mental health, feel sexy, feel strong. It's a really good question to ask yourself. Yeah, really. It's, it's really cool. It's totally, I post a lot about it now on my break free with Rayleigh because, because I realized how powerful it's been in my own life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody, I just took up roller skating. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> Like, who am I? I don't care. I'm, I'm a 39 year old woman who likes to roller skate. <laughs> I have inline skates like that I bought during the pandemic because I couldn't be out on the ice and everything. And so like I skate like five miles a day on those suckers. I haven't gotten them out in a while, but I love roller skating too. So oh, I'm going to, when I come visit, I'm bringing mine. <laughs> yes. No, you definitely should bring them, you know, or vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like I, any chance to like skate on anything. I'm like, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, now I know what our photo would be. It would be all of us on roller skates. Ooh. All of us doing the Charlie's Angel thing. <laughs> get like those cute little like 70s inspired like shorts <laughs> with the t-shirt, you know, I, I can see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and our pose with like the disco lights. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. yeah, these are all really good questions. I mean, are is there anything else that comes up with you guys? Um, when it comes to these topics? Mm. I just, I mean, so it's just, it's just all very emotional. On the, 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 a relationship is such an emotional experience. So um, they're always gonna be challenging. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think going back to that first question about like, do I talk about this or not? Yes, talk about it. Have those conversations as soon as possible. Like, like, um, like find out if your values are in line sooner than later. Um, Cause I think it's like John Kim talks a lot about like that, 
fluffy, wonderful feeling that happens at the beginning when all those chemicals are like, woo, fireworks, everything, that Twitter painted thing. It's like, we're not, we're just in that, that doesn't last. That doesn't last. We have moments of that throughout like a long-term relationship, but it's not as powerful as that first. That's why it's so much fun to be in love for the first time, you know, like are in a new relationship. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's still good to be curious about your partner and also know what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can go into it with all of those things, you're going to save yourself a whole lot of damn trouble. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, that's what I was saying the other day is I wish that these, uh, this type of like self-knowledge, emotional intelligence, relational skills, problem solving skills, conflict skills, and dealing with conflict were like intentionally taught to people at younger ages. Yeah. Because like when you're a teenager and you're having serious relationships for the first time, I mean, even though it's not like really serious, but like when I was 15, I dated a guy for like two years, you know, that was like a long-term relationship at that time. And I wish people in that situation would know these things and learn these things rather than just you, you fall in love and like you're describing Rachel, oh, it feels like this. And we think, oh, well, this is our relationship. And it, but it's totally superficial and you haven't qualified each other. And then, you know, on down the road, things get uncovered, you start dealing with more depth, you know, things usually fall apart, but it's just like, why don't we as a society value these things enough to impart them to younger people so we can grow up as more capable, intelligent adults, raise healthier children, and not have to go through all these troubles as much. Like, why don't we do that? Well, I think we're seeing a time where it's coming, it's coming out, you know, where there's so many things that are in a great way being questioned and being challenged. Yeah. And we're the importance of emotional intelligence come to the into the mix um i'm just thinking about like all the people that i follow that are that are doing that I'll, like i'm gonna plug a bit man enough podcast with justin meldoni i think every man every young man needs to listen to it and um every woman as well it's so good um mel robbins is one of my favorites esther perel is great for relationship stuff i mean Mark gross Love him. Yes. Ooh, so I, love him. I just want to be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely a raising in levels of awareness. Just in, just in general, just with people like all across the board now, you know, these things are coming out so much more and becoming more the norm, more prevalent. But, you know, it's just like the sooner people can get on board with this stuff. Oh my gosh. Like think about like where you could be like by the time that you're our age, if 20 years ago, you know, you really, you really had been, you know, deep into it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I'm so passionate about that conversation because I grew up in a very conservative Filipino American culture where um, I was just saying that one of my big goals as a coach is to bring that to light, how to break these traditional norms of like not talking about our feelings. Because, you know, in a conservative Filipino family is like, um, we don't need to talk about feelings all day and what really hurts and what's causing pain and stuff like that. It makes everyone uncomfortable and like guys should be masculine and, you know, work and like not talk about those feelings and women are home taking care of the children. And it's like, I'm changing that entire thing in my whole family. Like, oh, fuck no, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> I'm going to make money. You know, I'm going to be the entrepreneur, you know, that my dad always wanted me to marry. 
<laughs> um, I'm going to raise my child, like even if, if it is a single mom and I'm not married and, you know, had a kid out of wedlock, like who cares? Doesn't mean I'm not successful. Like I can absolutely do it. Um, so yeah, like, I love that you guys are saying that because we are all trying to instill that in our children. I absolutely am instilling that in my daughter, you know, playing soccer, playing baseball, whatever, like, dude, go ahead. There's no masculine, feminine, you know, um, that you have to do one or the other. It's like, you can do all of it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Um, I'm like, is there any more questions that I have on here? Let's see. No, I mean, I think we covered a good amount. <laughs> Ooh, that was a, that was a lot of good, a lot of good questions. And I think that would a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> well, thanks ladies. I'm like, I, we did this pretty on a good time. I'm we like, this is good like what? or have you have time to spare? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I'm mean, like, well, um, you know, for everyone watching, you'll definitely see us. We're trying to keep on a more consistent schedule um, and, you know, really produce more of these videos. And I love that we're now having applicants that want to be on the show. Like I'm seeing a lot of that. So that's really cool. So a lot of exciting things coming up and I'll post this also on the podcast too. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks ladies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love hanging out with you guys. (laughs) So much fun to get on and just talk and just have these conversations. Yeah, definitely.